Hey kids, it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week we have episode number 19, which was originally published on Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2007. And it's a bit of a short one this time, though it does get a bit violent here and there. You know, if you're into that sort of thing. Now, before I get into it today, I do have a couple of quick reminders. Reminder the first... Season six of Just Another Fanboy ends this month. In fact, the season finale is episode number 266 on Tuesday, May the 31st. I am going to be off for a month. Now, I do normally try to put in some bonus episodes during that time that I'm typically off between seasons, but I'm going to try my best not to do that this time because I want to try to take that month off and work on some other stuff. I may go ahead and record some episodes of Just Another Fanboy and get myself a a bit of a backlog, stuff like that, but I'm not going to be spending that time creating bonus stuff for Just Another Fanboy. I have other shows that you can listen to. There's my other podcast. There's Event or Else. That's something I want to get back to, and I'll be working on that. And there's the Superman Super Show. So, Links to all three of those will be in the show notes, and uh, that's something that you can check out while I'm off during that month. And then we'll be back with Season 7 on Tuesday, July the 5th. Reminder the second is that we have a brand new Just Another Voice line. The number is 785-318-6673. That number will be in the show notes, and you can use that to text me or you can call and leave a voicemail, and I'm going to read that out or play the voicemail during the show, not during one of these classic episodes, but during a regular episode. And uh, yeah, just make sure that if you text and you want me to use your name in the episode, that you put your name in that text. All right, then. That's all I got. On with the show. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that finds it difficult to come up with something clever to say during each episode intro. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx Broadcasting production. Lynx like the cat. Meow! Just like a comic book! 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 Welcome to episode number 19 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on January 2nd, 2007, and was sleeping comfortably in bed while everyone else was dancing in the new year. I'm your host, Steven, and I'm fighting quite the cold, so you'll have to excuse my sniffles, my stuffy nose, my coffin. You may even hear a fart or two. Of course, that doesn't really have anything to do with the cold. Anyway... I just want to remind everyone that we are moving the Just Another Fanboy message board by episode 20. Once number 20 hits, you'll find our forum over at the GeekSpeak boards located at cgspodcast.com slash forum. I'm also asking anyone who would like to get email notifications about show releases or news to email me at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and type Just Another Friend of the Show in the subject line. And that brings us to listeners' feedback. There will be no listeners' feedback this week due to... Oh, never mind. 
<laughs> nobody listening to you no more. You tell them, Norman, ain't nobody listening to you no more. <laughs> sing it, Gary. We should sing a song no. about this. How about oh, we don't? I Come like on. songs. Ain't nobody listening oh, to sing it, you. Gary. And nobody wants to turn on the iPod and <laughs> listen to Steven because it sucks. It sucks so bad. <laughs> ain't nobody listening Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening to you. <laughs> Good stuff, Norman. Not really. I thought it was funny. Okay, let's get back to the show. Can we please? Oh, Thank I, you. I suppose. Let's get on with some news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by the Violent Telegram Company. VTC is an organization dedicated to helping you exact revenge on others through purely violent means. Listen in as we follow a VTC agent out on a job. Well, you've got your more popular jobs. There's the basic knee to the groin. That's our most ordered job. You've got your standard poke in the eye. That's one I see pretty often. Sometimes I get lucky and I get to do the sweep of the leg, popularized by the karate kid. But on this one, we have the very difficult and highly effective elbow to the clavicle. This is one I don't see all too often, but it's one I enjoy doing as it really shows our Vic that the customer just ain't messing around. Oh, here he is now. Excuse me, sir. Sir? Yeah? Are you Norman, Oklahoma? Yeah, that's me. Who's asking? Will. Stephen says hi. Oh! Stephen also wanted me to read you this message while you writhed around in pain. Hey, buddy. Remember what you did in last week's episode? Now we're all tied up, old man. Thank you. Oh, my clavicle. The Violet Telegram Company. Getting revenge any way you can. The Violet Telegram Company is a not-for-profit organization. I'm sorry to say that due to the holiday season, I can't seem to find any worthy news stories out there, so I'll just have to go with the few items that I've read about this past week. Uh, the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer teaser trailer is online, and it's pretty darn sweet. You can catch it at apple.com slash trailers slash fox slash Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. You actually get to see the Silver Surfer flying through New York in a chase segment with the Surfer and the Human Torch. I almost cried. More movie news. An Italian website is reporting that Angelina Jolie has signed on to play a role in Sin City 2. Joe Casada stated on Newsarama this past Friday that, quote, Mark Guggenheim is designing a 12-part Marvel mystery story that'll feature every awesome character of the Marvel Universe. And it starts with one man's death, a man you've never heard of. Color me intrigued. But I find it really hard to buy into Joe's car salesman pitch for every project that comes down the Marvel pipe. And I, I also apologize to Joe for that very bad impression of him. Joe also announced that the writer for New Warriors is Kevin Grieval. Grievo, G-R-E-V-I-O-U-X, whatever, with an artist to be announced shortly. In DVD news, acclaimed filmmaker, ex-Python, and all-around swell guy, Terry Gilliam, has made a little movie called Tideland, and it sees DVD release February 27th of 2007. The film is rated R and stars Jeff Bridges, Brendan Fletcher, Janet McTeer, Jodell Furland, and Jennifer Tilly, and is based on the book by Mitch Cullen. 
This will be a two-disc set and should retail for about $27.98, depending on where you are lucky enough to pick it up. And we now have a release date to go with that wonderful news that WKRP in Cincinnati is coming out on DVD. The three-disc set featuring all 22 episodes from the first season will hit shelves on April 3rd of this year. And on DVD this week, Snakes on a Plane. And that was your news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book, Picks of the Week. This week from D.C., we have 52, week number 34, written by Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, and Mark Wade. Breakdowns by Keith Giffen, covers by J.G. Jones. The new year begins with the deadliest day Metropolis has ever seen, and by the end of the month, the villain will stand revealed. A hero will fall in the outer reaches of the galaxy, and the reveal of Supernova will deepen his mysteries even further. Plus the origin of Black Canary by Wade and Howard Chaikin. The reveal of Supernova will deepen his mysteries even further. Now what the gum-flapping fishtails does that mean? All-Star Superman number 6, written by Grant Morrison, art by Frank Quietly, cover by Quietly. The award-winning, best-selling All-Star saga brings Superman back to Smallville to mourn the loss of his adoptive father. As Clark Kent returns to his hometown roots, the fifth-dimensional trickster investigates human drama from an entirely different perspective. This is just simply the best Superman book out there. I mean that. I really do. I do. I'm just saying. And from Marvel this week, we have Civil War number 6, written by Mark Millar, art by Steve McNiven. Captain America's depleted forces have determined the secret of File 42, setting them on a last-ditch collision course with Iron Man and the pro-registration heroes. It's the beginning of the Battle of the Century, a conflict in which virtually every superhuman on Earth will be forced to choose a side to fight on. Ain't no party like a Civil War party, cause a Civil War party don't stop. Sorry. New Universal number 2, written by Warren Ellis, art by Salvador LaRocca. The White Event. The most startling celestial phenomenon ever witnessed by the human race. While most humans are left to wonder its significance, a few have emerged from its wake as something more. Now they must come to terms with their new existences, and survive a world that is struggling to come to terms with them. So here we are with month two of the new universe, and the solicitations still aren't telling us squat about the series. I hope the book fills us in a little better. Lastly, for Marvel this week, we have Punisher War Journal number two, written by Matt Fraction, art by Ariel Olivetti. Hey there, Marvel Universe. He's back. Taking no prisoners. Literally. While Civil War is in full throttle mode, Frank Castle decides to take a side. 
Question is, does it want him? Makes no difference for the Punisher. He's a soldier and this is war. Get in line or get out of the way. And another solicitation that doesn't tell me jack about the book. Fine, start next week. My picks are going to be handled in a completely different fashion. And those were my comic book picks of the week. Got your own picks? Call one eight seven seven three zero nine eight three six seven extension 212 and tell me all about them. Let me repeat that number for those who didn't get it the first time. one eight seven seven three zero nine eight three six seven extension 212 And if you don't call, I'm going to club a baby seal. And now for At the Movies with Gary Indiana. Take off, you hoser. That's all it took, just to hear Rick Moranis call someone a hoser in that thick, guttural Canadian accent, and I was rolling on the floor, giggling my rump off. Hello, kids, Gary Indiana with you once more, and this week we discuss one of the greatest films to come out of Canada, Strange Brew, starring Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Strange Brew follows the exploits of the McKenzie brothers, Bob and Doug, who originally hail from the Canadian TV sketch comedy show, SCTV. Bob and Doug are simple guys with simple needs. Just give them each a jelly donut and all the beer they can drink and you have a pair of contented fellas. However, take away the beer and any money they could use to buy it with and the McKenzie brothers start to scheme. Taking an empty beer bottle into which the brothers have managed to squeeze a live mouse, the McKenzie brothers venture off to the Elsinore Brewery in an attempt to produce a free case of beer. But the brewery is not what it seems. Taking a cue from Hamlet, the previous owner dies under mysterious circumstances and his brother, Claude Elsinore, marries his brother's widow and attempts to wrestle control of the brewery from the deceased's daughter, Pam. Throw into the mix the evil machinations of Brewmeister Smith, played by the always creepy Max von Sydow, and you've got yourself a first-rate thriller. What you learn is that Pam's father, the previous owner, was murdered by Claude Elsinore and Brewmeister Smith. The two plotted the murder to look as though the original owner was accidentally electrocuted to death on the electric security gates. The reason behind this cold and calculated murder was that Brewmeister Smith has created a chemical that would cause one who ingested it to be very open to suggestion. The Brewmeister planned to use this chemical as a means to conquer the world. He needed a way to distribute the drug and decided to do so by putting it in the beer. Using music as a mind control mechanism, he would force the unknowing patients to do such dastardly deeds as, well, play a little hockey. But fear not, brothers Bob and Doug, with a little help from ex-hockey player turned full-time brewery employee, part-time mental patient, Jean-Rosie LaRue, soon put a stop to the evil doings of partners Brewmeister Smith and Claude Elsnore, thus making Canada and the world safe once again. I thought the movie was splendidly written with a gaggle of great jokes. I love the way it starts with Bob and Doug on the set of their TV show, The Great White North, where they screen their movie, a no-budget production set in a future wasteland. Then you find out that what you're watching is a movie within a movie as we pan out to reveal that Bob and Doug are sitting in a movie theater full of angry patrons who are disgusted with the swill they are viewing on screen. 
I love the scene where Bob and Doug are being led up the steps of the courthouse by their lawyer after they were arrested for kidnapping. The press sees them coming and begins to rush the brothers and the lawyer. The lawyer tells them that he'll take care of the press and commences to throw down a butt-whooping amongst the reporters kung-fu style. So if you like to laugh and you like a little cheese, see Strange Brew. See you next week. Welcome once again to Stephen's Book Bag. This week I want to talk about Pride of Baghdad. This is a DC Vertigo book and it's written by Brian K. Vaughn with art by Nico Henrichon, I think, and lettered by Todd Klein. In April of 2003, a pride of starving lions escaped the Baghdad Zoo during the American bombing of Iraq. That's almost all that really needs to be said about this book. The story itself is so simple, it's almost genius. Based on a true story, the book is about four lions who are forced to flee the zoo in Baghdad when the Americans begin their shock and awe campaign back in 2003. Starved and in search of food and shelter, the lions roam the empty, bomb-blasted streets of the city looking for anything to eat while facing down a few of the other escaped animals. This is a great book. It is graphic and violent at times, so even though it is a book containing talking lions, it's definitely not for kids. However, if you can stand a little graphic violence combined with a great personal story, then I highly recommend you check out Pride of Baghdad. This is one of the very few books that I've gotten from my local library that I actually want to go and own after reading it. Because normally I get the books from the library, I read them, and I think, I don't need to own that. I just read it. But this is one I'd like to own. So, go get it. I mean it. Go. Right now. Go get it. Well... We'll wait until the show's over first. And now, The View from Norman, Oklahoma. A weekly segment in which our resident, bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just about anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, some yahoo smacked me in the clavicle with his elbow while I was on my way to the show. Dang, does that ever hurt. Anyway, I have a few items in my bread basket that I want to talk about this week. Item number one, I got a bone to pick with all you so-called fanboys out there that'll only buy and read books from either Marvel or DC. It's either make mine Marvel or, uh, well, well, I'm not sure what the DC phrase is. Anyway, if you've decided that you will only buy books from Marvel or you will only buy books from DC... Well then, dang, you're missing out on some great stories. 
I try to read all that I can from any publisher willing to make a book. Sure, I don't read as much indie as I can, but that's only because I ain't made of money, so back off. My point is, though, is that you gotta branch out. I can't stand when I recommend a book to someone and they say stuff to me like, Oh, I don't read Marvel books, or I don't read DC, or I don't read indie books. That's just plain numb rottyish. But never mind, let's move on. Item number two. That idiotic cell phone commercial with the two fellas who load the song Rock the Casbah by the Clash onto their phone, then sing the words to the song incorrectly. Aw, how cute. Those silly boys are singing silly words to the song. That's such an old joke it makes my eyes bleed. Plus, how can they get the dang chorus wrong? I'm not sure how many folks are familiar with the aspect of downloading and installing MP3s on portable devices, but you can actually view the song name. As a matter of fact, I'm sure these two numrods actually searched for the song, so they had to have known the name of the song. They show it on the commercial, even. You actually see the phone display and the name of the dang song. How can you know that the song is called Rock the Casbah and not realize that that's what they're singing in the song? Stop the cat box. Come on, people. How dumb do you really think we are? I think if we all get together as a collection of intelligent, thinking human beings and just stop for a moment from being so dang stupid all the time, well, we all might just live a little bit longer and wars would end and all diseases would be wiped away and poverty would become a thing of the past and, well, you get the idea. Just basically stop being an idiot. So long! Okay then. Well, thank you once again, Norman, for angering my audience and causing them to shut off the show and go out and do something a little more constructive with their lives. And so let's close the show out with the little Just Another Fanboy bloopers. The Violet Telegram Company is only a number of... I can't stand when I read... When I... But this one we have is very difficult and highly effective, and I'm messing it up as I speak. Then sing to the words, but ding it darn. The Violent Telegram Company is a not-for-profit or a hero or And with that, we come to the end of another clavicle smacking episode. So tell me what you think of the show, even if it's negative. Send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and let your thoughts loose like a penguin in a parsnip patch. You also have the opportunity to call the Just Another Fanboy voice line at one 309 8367 extension 212, and just simply speak it. You can also help me name the Just Another Fanboy voice line. Currently, I'm kicking around the idea of calling it either the Just Another Fan Line or the Just Another Voice Line. I haven't quite decided yet, and I'm open to ideas. You can also call said line and review a book or movie, or you can sing me a song. You can even call in and just simply say, I like eggs. Yeah, that's what I want. I want everyone to call in at one 309 8367 extension 212. And if you don't have anything to say, just say, I like eggs. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm... Oh, hold on. Yeah, come in. Are you Stephen Orr? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Well then, Norman, Oklahoma, wanted me to give you a message. Okay, what's the message? Well, he wanted me to tell you that the score is now two to one. Oh, thank you. Oh, 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 oh my clavicle. Oh, my clavicle. Oh, well, I guess, I guess that's the end of our show, folks. <laughs> Clavicle. Cool.
Good job. <laughs>